Episode 69, The Rant, Christian Rios, The 11 in 11.44, The Great Eminence, and Aesthetic Director of Referee Rant. Christian never was or will be an official. However, he's official in anything he does, whether it be graphic design, photography, or editing The Rant. In this pod, we discuss the partner that's deafening in his silence, his experience creating Referee Rant, and his reluctance to put a cat on its limit. All that and more, my conversation with Christian, now. The Rant has been brought to you by Roar Organic. Everything your body needs, nothing it doesn't. There's a reason they say variety is the spice of life, and with their new organic line comes the following exciting flavors. Georgia peach, blueberry acai, cucumber watermelon, mango clementine, pineapple mint, strawberry coconut. Ah! Roar Organic uses a proprietary electrolyte blend created with organic coconut water, organic cane sugar, and sea salt. It's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, no artificial colors or flavors, no preservatives, and no artificial sweeteners. Just 2 grams of sugar and only 10 calories per serving. Visit Roar.land and use the code REFEREERANT, one word, in the checkout and receive 10% off your next purchase. That's Roar.land code REFEREERANT. The Rant has been brought to you by the revolutionary product for referees and all professionals alike, Neat Tucks. What the tuck? Traditional shirt stays have been tried and true, but never accounted for those professionals that have shorts as uniforms. What do you do when you officiate soccer or lacrosse or even basketball in the summer? Don't forget about baseball umpires, too. Enter Neat Tucks, which come in style and active versions. Don't get it twisted. You can even wear them at your 9 to 5, too. Listeners of The Rant can visit neattux.com and enter the coupon code REFEREERANT, one word, and receive 20% off your initial order. That's REFEREERANT, one word. Happy tucking. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a special guest, my partner in crime in Referee Rant, as well as 1144, creative director, extraordinaire, photographer, graphic designer, master of many things when it comes to aesthetics, Christian Rios. How are you, my friend? I'm really good, my friend. How are you? Um, it, it's not coming on your microphone. It is. It is. Okay. Look, it's right here. Just making sure. Well, yeah. the genesis of this podcast was us trying to uh, tinker with the new microphone that we have. We have a Shure MV88. We have two of them. We've been using the mobile version of it with the iPad, which has been working pretty good for me. However, Christian is, um, his standard of excellence is very high. So we decided to get these microphones to sound a little bit more professional. Obviously, the podcast is doing a lot better than I thought it would. So we are just trying to move and groove. But nonetheless, welcome to the show. Thank, thank you for having me. So normally every Monday or Friday, we, um, you know, just check in, have a weekly check in. But we're going to talk about, you know, the genesis of Referee Rant and more so the genesis of how you got into all of this. So let's go all the way back to how did you start uh, developing your eye for, you know, being an artist, um, liking things that are aesthetically pleasing, and then ultimately getting into graphic design, Photoshop, Illustrator, photography so um a lot of these things date back to and i didn't realize this until later on in my life but these things go back to when i was a kid when i was five six seven 
eight. Um, my dad, uh, my dad got an uh, an office, and he got a computer, and um, I just started messing with Paint, Word, PowerPoint, just regular weird things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess as a kid would be, um, you know, curious. Let me play with your computer. You have games on your phone, like that. So, I always liked drawing. I always liked, uh, you know, just being being artistic. That's how I always was as a kid. And um, I guess it started getting into computer art, and I just kept always following it. Um, in high school, um, in high school, I always wanted to, you know, be in art class or, you know, all that stuff. I took photography classes in high school. But it didn't happen until, which is really funny, um, until MySpace and Facebook and all these things like really blew up, where you were able to see a really good beginning of social media and how how important it is for graphic design. And... Um, so I, I started getting into MySpace and there was a way to edit your MySpace, how it was going to look. Um, so I kind of kept, you know, wanting to learn about that. And it got to the point that people were asking me to do their MySpace layouts. Mm-hmm. And all of my close friends, I did all that stuff for them, which is re- really cool. So that's how it that's how kind of, you know, it, it, it just kept on happening because I was just always doing something like that and didn't realize that it was gonna be a big thing later on you know when you grow up so that's kind of how it how it started um one thing that i always notice that you have is you know something that i have similar is your eye in terms of photography just the way um depth of field foreground background you have a general understanding of that without even technically knowing it um i think what really got me the bug was, uh, I want to say when I was like around 20 or 21, I discovered Ansel Adams. Oh. And I realized that he was, you know, around in 1904. And obviously he didn't. Um, I got one of the first, it was called the Sony Mavica. And um, I think it was like 1.3 megapixels, but it was nice. It was a digital camera and, yeah, you know, you could. I mean, look, when digital cameras came out, it was like, what? Yeah. That can go on my computer right away. Mm-hmm. And I can see what I just took. Five minutes ago yeah i remember that 35 that millimeter was a complete bottleneck because you get a roll of film you can't see what you just shot and it'd be a crapshoot you'd get it developed maybe two weeks after because you have to finish the roll before it gets developed and then when it comes back out of 24 shots you might have two or three so digital camera to me was a dream unfortunately it was so big in my pocket and i remember i was in my early 20s Huge. going to the club going to the bars and taking pictures with flashes and you know i just got kind of got my feet wet but then i started going out i remember i'd go to the beach and i would go oh i'd I'd take this and i remember i had a sony and it was always vibrant colors more so than any polaroids or um 35 millimeter fuji cameras that i would use um so how did you develop uh i guess your love of photography and how do you how would you describe your style um Real, that that's very interesting because I don't know how I would describe my style. Uh, I I have a lot of styles, but I think just um, I think in terms of what I what I put on my Instagram, I like putting photos that are very 
colorful mm -hmm. and very contrasty. So very dark, but also very, very light. Um, but to go back to um, how I develop my eye, um, it's it's not just about your eye. I think photography has to do a lot about your um, about you kind of like taking a risk, and this might be like very deep into the photography but um the way that i started was i would just sometimes man when i i remember when i got my first dslr when i was like yeah I'm, i'm for real like shooting i would go to the city and i would be like you know i'll be in the train like okay i'm just gonna walk around take photos let's see what's up but there was a lot of times where i went to the city and then i came back with no photos, zero. Because I just didn't have like a courage to take the camera out or I would just feel that I was being intimidating or I don't know, it was just a certain fear. And it didn't, photography for me didn't get good until I was aware that I had to lose that fear and go to the city and, you know, get that shot. Yeah, and I know what that's like, only because when you have a big, bulky digital camera and, you know, you're going around the city, sometimes you're just like, oh, I don't want to whip this out. I'm not sure. And, you know, it, a lot of times it, it's the same thing for a writer. Sometimes you don't want to be that guy in the beach where everyone's hanging out and chilling. And then I whip out a marble notebook and go, lay your head on my pillow. Yeah. And then start writing the diary in front of everyone because now they might think you're pretentious or... Uh, a, bro, when you lose fear, you, you realize um, how much of a beast you can be. Mm. And so, it applies to everything. When it comes to uh, all of your stuff, uh, I remember... You used to work at a sneaker store called Rise, and now it's defunct. I don't know where it is, but I remember meeting you, and I really thought that you were a precocious fellow because I saw you on the laptop one day. I'll never forget it. You were working on... I think that was my second day there. It might have been. I'm not exactly sure. I just I, remember I that so. there was this one picture. No, because I remember exactly what I was editing, and I remember you know the time frame where that was and that was one of my first shoots mm. and i think you came one day and then you came the day after and i didn't realize why you why were you there you know two days in a row mm. well nonetheless i just remember you made one picture that was eh, into like wow i didn't know that you could do that i didn't know that somebody could do that that fast and it kind of gave me it was it was reminiscent to the things that I was good at and one thing that I'm good at obviously is writing and I feel like Rain Man when I do it right and just like talking about before of, of facing the fear and in the beginning it's it's really just like you have a blank canvas and you don't really know the direction and you want to see where this goes and then you might get really good at one facet of it and then you add another facet and then you start experimenting with this and then Next thing you know, you get to a level of proficiency that you realize that nobody is near where you are. And I think that's where we're kindred spirits um, exactly. So, you know, just talk about when you got to that point of mastery 
And when did you start realizing that um, we were going to vibe together in terms of um, co collaborating creatively? Well, I, I think that me and well, me and you had a few things that we worked at at Rise, like me and you. Um, I remember I shot I shot photos for the blog section, and I told you, you know, here's the vibe. Here's here's uh, you know what the apparel kind kind of like communicates and these are the photos um check it out let it brew in your mind and write about it and you pretty much nailed it so i mean i i think that when you when you saw it you didn't like you didn't like know exactly what words you were gonna write but you started looking through it and i think that gets the gears going in your head and you're like okay i'm gonna say this and you know that detail on the pant was that and that photo you know had some warm tones maybe i'm gonna lead the language to that direction so it kind of it kind of works like that with me as well sometimes sometimes uh, it's it's crazy because sometimes i i have to do a project or i have a deadline and not until two days before or the day before i i get a i don't know i get like an epiphany and it just all comes in my mind and that's how i want it to look and i feel like that's a big part of the pr a creative process because to be honest you could be sitting down in the toilet and boom you get the most amazing idea mm. whether it's about to create something or whether it's to how to solve a problem that you had and a lot of times that, that just works like that with me. Um, I, I try to, I try to first, you know, soak up the most information that I can for that certain project, that certain thing that I'm working at. And then I start to kind of look at things and look at things that allude to that, that remind me of that, that what, you know, it, it's, it's like that. So, not until I, not until those things all come up together and start to brew up, and that's when you, you know, that's when you just know that that's what you have to do, and you just go. Yeah, I just want to know personally, and, and do it. You don't have to answer this, but I, I wonder if I'm further in the writing automatically the way you are designing. I don't know if you're at that automatic stage because, like, like I can, I can write anything, and I can write as eloquent as possible as ratchet as possible yeah. and I, I just have that gear and we call that microwave when yeah when i have to do those projects do you think you're at that point when it comes to design there i i think so um i think so because i'm i'm starting to kind of know um where my talents are in the moment at the moment um and where my talents l lay um, in comparison to some really, really good stuff. Mm. So if I'm going toe-to-toe -to -toe with that stuff, I now know that I'm on that level. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's, it's it, all the time you're just scratching the surface. There's always 
there's always like you will always get better yeah and i know that by the time i'm 50 years old i'm gonna think everything that i've written is trash exactly. even though people right now are like man you are the best person that i know in person uh, so i remember projects that i was doing in 09 2010 and the people who i was around with they were like oh my god you're like a beast and you think it's trash right so i have a hard drive with all that stuff is it called trash it's not called trash. Is it called right click empty trash? It's, it's I still keep it because I I like looking back. It's like kind of like an archive. Yeah, and I yeah, just yeah. dump stuff up in there and I just look at it like years later like wow. But it, it's just a me thing. It's just for me to look at it. Um and for me to see the 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 the, the exponential graph hmm. pretty much. Like oh my god, that was that was so bad. And and People were hyping me up like that's so good, and I'm, I look at it now and I'm like, how can that be good? But listen, you know, whether it was yes man or not, I got paid for that project, or that project helped me get better at something else. So, yeah. Also, I'd say about two years ago, we embarked on our own uh, situation where we created 1144, 11 being your favorite number, 44 being mine. And we decided to take on some clients and it was slow in the beginning. And, you know, we have a couple of steady clients, um, but I think that our first project together that we wanted to build from the ground up and not taking, you know, outside of us and imbuing our own design was referee rent. And I'll never forget the day that I made it in my head. I was doing flag football. It was a November windy night and I came home and I started to think, why don't I just write about referees? And, you know, I had ideas of, you know, just writing, let's see how many blog posts I can come up with. Ended up coming with 60 that night. And I remember I was excited and telling you uh, how I wanted to start that blog. What, um, I guess, what did you think about when I initially told you that idea? And, you know, tell me about the events that led up to that point where we were in the uh, parking lot at Dunkin' Donuts and you gave me that whole 10-page presentation of the logos and everything. How did you even go about doing all that? I remember you told me, well, you told me um, about Referee Rant and you just dumped like a bunch of information on me. So um, I obviously saw your passion for it and the fact that you had so much information about this project and how you were going to go about it and how you were how you wanted to you know do the site and how you wanted the site to look and all that stuff so again it, it you you dumped me with so much information that by me knowing you all these years um, I can just quickly start writing stuff up and, um, <coughs> so I just, um, got all that stuff and, and just started really taking it to the board. Um, and you know the rain man just happens see now i thought that rain man was preemptive because i didn't hear for you for about a month with it and i was like all right he's not he doesn't want to do it 
and then you came with you know the little asian whistle guy and <laughs> the the referee rant and you know we picked the right theme i thought um and it started crystallizing in my head where what was your inspiration for the little rant guy and what was your inspiration for the typography and how it looked aesthetically i just figured the guy kind of looked like you yeah just a little bit right so if they're seeing you at games they're remembering your face if your logo kind of looks like you a little bit that's you being thrown in their face referee rant that's the communication is simple but you just have to like do it the right way and you have to know you have to know like uh you you just have to know the information because you want to communicate it properly and then throw your art on it it's it's super important who makes it and who knows the information because i'm just i'm just communicating your vision yes i'm doing it with my art form but mm -hmm. i'm simply communicating your vision from my understanding of you and uh, once you have that you have everything mm. So the, the, the relationship between the the two people that that are really doing something that um, that works has to be super important. You have to you have to know little things, man. You have to know just you have to know how they talk, you have to know how they feel, you have to know how how they think, you have to know how with stuff they're into, you know, when when we work with clients, I I give them a questionnaire that has questions that have a lot to do with their project, and there's questions that have nothing to do with the project. Mm. I ask I ask you who's your favorite artist. I leave it detailed like that. I I leave it you know open ended, um, open mm. like that. Sorry, and they can tell me as Van Gogh. They can tell me as their son. Mm. Based on their answer, I already know how they're thinking. So, knowing you is a is a is a huge part of that, and that's that's just how you how you make it work. Yeah, and it reminds me of, I guess, like Walter White and Jesse Pinkman in the in 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 the uh, the RV making it, and we're just sprinkling our, our chili pea, yeah, to the art. And yeah. I think there's there's this you know. It's crazy how you make something so black and white, so colorful, right? Just with the pictures and, and, and the words. And I think that there's a way to color something that's salt and pepper. Um, having said that, I know that we just broke a thousand on Instagram, which... Congrats to us. Yeah. Um, which which I guess has been pretty, pretty quick. Um, obviously, we're not satisfied because I think the most amount of people need to see this. And there's still many, many, many more people that have to share their story at some point. But, you know, going forward, where do you see this going in like a year and five years and 10 years? I, I have um, a certain beef with questions like that, that um, I don't really want to tell you. I don't really want to tell anyone what, you know, what I see. Because what I what I tell you might, might cause something that mm. might not, make it happen so i'd rather not i love the pace that everything is going to i love the pace that everything is you know i love that that direction that we're going to and um 
that's that's just that you know um so i mean i definitely see success <laughs> um but i know you do as well yeah well i mean we just we only publish things that are quality we don't we yeah. only ship things that are quality and i think that's something that we always agree on that it's like everything we do there's a certain thing there if there's it ain't a, eight nine a dime we ain't no, we ain't shipping like everything everything that people do everything creatively that that someone does it's done for a reason there's a deep feeling there so with that comes everything mm. so in terms of all of your design all of the things that you've worked on what do you think are the attributes what do you think it took to get to where you are in this moment in time as the co-director of referee rent as well as just as an artist in general I don't know. It's, it's it's just every every little uh, choice that you make. I made a choice to get into computer art, which led me here. I, you know, there was there was a choice made for my parents to come to this country that led me to here. Um, just a combination of all the choices on your life, and all the choices that that you know that just brought you here. So I think that's <laughs> that's my answer for that. So you think being in America, yeah, got you to where you are? <laughs> yes or no? That that's a fact. Yeah. Um, what do you think it's going to take to get to where you want to go, and ultimately, where do you want to go? Um, again, I don't want to sh- I don't want to tell you that, but hard work, hard work. Just keep working, be a good person, be good to people around you, and you'll be good and i'm you know i'm I'm doing that now and i see my life all right right now but you always want more success you always want more i always want more mm. i would always want more i can't i can't be old and whack you don't yeah. want to be you don't want to be old and whack no i want to be like robert carroll and still making pulitzer prize books by yeah. the time and yeah. You know, I think something that really broke in our favor was just the turn of like everything being digital, right? Because we, I mean, we are, live in the are information age, right? We're just basically master. We've already kind of mastered the thing, right? We just have to master the rolling it out part of it. Think about it. A few, like, I mean, let's say a few hundred years ago, you had to go to a certain library or something to learn a certain thing, or somebody mm-hmm. had to teach you it, right? Now all that information is online, dude. All that information. All that information. However, the reverse is true that even though that there's a shift in um, open source knowledge, there's a shift in that people aren't ready to execute and put the work to do it. So and that's, that's fine. <laughs> and that's fine. You that could, favors you us, could no be, doubt. You could be like that and you can see how your success is. Mm-hmm. But then you could be another way. And, you know, I, I think I think you told me this. One times zero is zero. But one times one is one. Mm. That zero will always be a zero, mm. even if it's something eh, subpar that you're making. If you're doing it and it's that one, you have one. Mm. What do you think is the stickiest situation that you've ever been in creating art and especially in referee rent? Do you have any sticky situation that in uh, specifically for referee rent? Yeah. Do you have one? <sighs> um, <laughs> not really. Wonder. <laughs> You want to tell me was my sticky situation that you think? Yeah, sure. 
Can you please tell me? Okay, so this um, this microphone has been uh, stop touching it. See, the bane of our existence, and we Which had an original that one. Well, we we had an original podcast that wasn't up to par because you treat everything as if like you're Michelangelo, and if it's not Sistine Chapel worthy, then it gets fifteenth candle thrown out. And this is the basically the genesis of. Um, a thrown out podcast that you said was a draft, which I don't feel that way. I feel like it was eight, nine a dime to me. Okay. So when we recorded that, for that's the stickiest situation you think? Well, the thing is I'm prepared as you're prepared. Right. Okay. And I'm also prepared that if you're a ghost, like I got enough content in my head that I could, I could move along because, yeah. and to your credit, you have taught me enough to go like I can do this on my own. Oh yeah. So I, I mean, never. That's always that. That should always be your 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 you know. Well, yeah, but time. see, the thing is, like, when you have your skill and I have my skill, sometimes people just heavily rely and then they don't do yeah. the work. Like, I'm always willing to. So, all right, the we recorded this episode, and it was completely freestyled. We just went on it. I literally pressed record, and you know, we went we went at it. Um, I cursed a lot on that episode, mm-hmm. and I was really uncomfortable because I listened to a lot of these podcasts, mm-hmm. and people are not really cursing. So I feel like there's a certain um, there's a certain um, expectation that should be met, and for that reason, I didn't want to put that last one. Mm-hmm. Another thing was um, it sounded like a rough draft. Mm-hmm. So if you know that you can do it better, then just re-record. Well, also, I think it was so impromptu because... It was super random. One thing about Christian is that, like, you're never going to see him on Referee Rant. I mean, maybe when we get sponsored by someone real heavy, then he'll show his face on a post. But other than that, even me, I'm reluctant to put my face on it. I mean, sometimes I need to. Yeah, you definitely need to. Yeah, but But, for the most part, it's always like... A picture of an abandoned basketball yeah, court that's yeah, around yeah. the block from my house yeah. or um, a soccer field. And, you know, like even last night's post was it reminded me of a Russian doll because it was like a lacrosse goal and then a soccer goal yeah. and then a field goal post. So it yeah. reminded me of a Russian doll. Did you and, do that intentionally? I mean, I didn't place them intentionally. It was just there intentionally for me to take the picture. And Did you think Russian doll because... You know I always think of some oh, crazy okay. analogy... When but I see, see things, like, but I think some that's, people some people might not see that and think that right away. Well, some that's might, why some people might not even relate it to a Russian doll. But you think a certain way, and you did that a certain way, and that's because, and you did that because that's what just came to your mind. Mm-hmm. But th- what I'm saying is that there's a, there's just a lot of little details mm-hmm. that mean something. Yes. Yes. And. I I think what's cool about referee rant is that there's so many little things. It's Easter eggs. Everything is. It's like Jay Z. It's it's like so many double entendres. So like if you go to episode 44, I'll never forget that night. I'm like, let's use this picture because I I was with, uh, you know, the Ray the ref who helped me with that episode, and he took a picture of me, and I told him exactly what I needed to do, and you were like, nah, let's let's do this real picture. So. For me, it's also like a moment in time. No disrespect where... to the, oh, no, no, the no, no, previous no, no. thing, but... But that's why you're the creative director, so... 
I give you that that leeway to, if you have to switch things up, then that's what needs to be done. And you know, when I look at that, I remember what I was wearing. I remember what the weather was. I remember the parking lot. And you know, it's kind of like an inside joke for me and you. Yeah. But at the same time, everyone's like, "Yo, this is, this is dope." And that's cool to me that this has just been my. It's it's just been a, a, a continuous timeline of our art. You know yes. what I mean? And what I really like about this is that it's just us allowing people to take a peek into our brains mm -hmm. and what we do and how we do it and how things are done on referee rent. Mm. Final thing that I wanted to ask you, what is your best moment thus far in creating referee rent? Uh, I just, I think the, uh, the satisfaction that you get, um, the, the, the real sense of, um, the community mm -hmm. that you're just like, you know, you're doing something for a subculture and people are really receptive towards it. And that's really cool. That brings me a lot of satisfaction. So I think that's it. Have you been getting any props from people just like, man, referee rant. That's really cool. Yeah. That's gotta be weird because you're not even a ref. No, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I put it on my story. Mm. People reply. People say fire. People say cool read. Mm. Wow. Gonna follow it. Like, that's really cool. Yeah. That's really, really cool. That is cool. So right now we're going to meet with somebody and we're going to try to figure out if we can collaborate further with somebody and create our art for the rest of the night. And you're going to edit this. We're going to publish this and we're going to try to edit two more podcasts. So I'm putting you on the spot. Did I? Oh, my God. Did I curse? No, you didn't. Oh, my God. I never curse. Uh, other than that, do you have any other final words before we part ways? Um, for you? No, for you. This is your podcast, not me. Um, no. It's you, your podcast. There's yeah. my son. He was being quiet the whole That's time. Nice. But. Um, no, I don't have any, any words. Just work hard. Be a nice person. Okay. Oh, Just, don't be a piece of shit. And Isaiah says that every day. You so. went the whole time without cursing, and now now you're cursed. We could bleep that. Okay. Or bleep that. But, yes. Shout out, Isaiah. For one half of Referee Rant, Christian Rios, and the other half of Referee Rant, Ralph the Ref, and for Mason, who just imbued his, while he's playing his iPad, um, this is the rant. We are signing out. Peace. Peace.